Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How to Scale a Business. I'm on with Ben Singleton of NetGenius. He works with enterprises on managed IT and InfoSec services, delivering VoIP, managed services, DRI certified, DIR certified training, and all sorts of fun stuff. Thank you so much, Ben, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Ben, why did you get started in this business? What was the reason? <laughs> uh, it's it's a long story. I'll try to make it uh, as brief as possible. But essentially, um, I was a cop for 12 years. And uh, after nice. leaving the police department, um, a friend of mine who was the network administrator at our police department um, and is now my business partner, um, he and I started a software company uh, where we created a fugitive tracking system, fugitive tracking system and uh, sold that to police departments all over the state. Um, when we made our exit from that business, um, we took a lot of the things we learned in selling that software. And what I mean by that is uh, we would go to these police departments and install our equipment, our software, and you know go over uh, the training regimen and all that stuff. But right. in doing all that, we found that you know when these officers needed uh, help uh, when it comes to like user support, network support, and stuff like that from their provider, uh, they were waiting days. Uh, at a time. And on top of that, um, instead of it being like a an all-inclusive flat fee uh, call IT when you need them arrangement, it was more of a call IT and then they'll assess an hourly uh, charge for when they come out. And then we'll have to somehow incorporate that into our budget. And okay. so we were finding police departments that they had run the budget up on IT and couldn't call IT anymore. So we said, why don't we... Uh, devise a better solution. And so we started with government agencies and uh, here we are today. So you have a, a book called In Context, Understanding Police Killings of Unarmed Civilians. So how does that book uh, play into your current business? Are they completely separate? Uh, they or? are. Okay. <laughs> uh, they are. Uh, that was uh, a project I did with uh, another friend of mine, Nick Selby, who is uh, well, also being an officer, he's a, a data analyst. And so uh, we in this book we review all the cases in 2015 in which an unarmed civilian was killed by police officers, and there are three of us reviewing these cases. It's myself, uh, Nick Selby, who's the data analyst, and then a use of force expert. And so the three of us review each case and give our opinion as to whether or not it was justified. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And the business that you're talking about before was Street Cred Software, correct? That's correct. Awesome. So with this current business, where do you get most of your business from? You said you'd predominantly work with enterprises. Is that right? That's right. Um, as I said, we started mostly with government agencies, just given you know the people we knew and the contacts that we had. But that um, has evolved into the banking industry. And we also have uh, some cryptocurrency companies uh, as well as uh, traditional banks, financial services companies, uh, medical practices, law firms, uh, really the range of, of enterprise environments uh, we're involved with. It's really interesting. And uh, what kind of projects do you like to get involved with the most? Uh, the government uh, sector is still the most fun for us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the yeah. tools they get to play with and things, you know, it's just, it's a lot more fun to, to deal right. with that side of the business. But um, yeah, I mean, there are fun projects all over. So how do you get into a space like this? I mean, how do you get into projects with the government and things like that? I mean, is it just all people, you know, or what is the best way? 
The thing about technology is there's no barrier to entry, right? Any, anyone can start a managed services company. Whether or not they're going to have any success with it um, is a matter of whether or not they know what they're doing, first of all, and whether or not um, they can keep their clients happy. But uh, luckily, my business partner, Mo, is uh, very, very smart. And um, he's yeah. been working with uh, machines since you know he was eight years old. He started oh, wow. at the police department as the network administrator when he was 14. And uh, he's been doing it ever since. So I've been real lucky. I've learned a lot working alongside him. And uh, yeah, we, we've had a lot of success, luckily. That's really, really awesome. Um, so where do you see things from here? I mean, I looked at the uh, about section on the website, saw a photo, I think of your team down at the bottom, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, so you guys have a pretty good sized group currently. Um, what are the next 10 years look like for your company? You guys have been doing this now for seven years almost uh, with NetGenius. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... Uh Lately, we've been moving into uh, more of a hybrid offering for even larger companies. So um, companies with 500 plus employees typically have some sort of on-site IT staff. Uh, typically, those people are, are just dealing with user support issues like, um, you know, the end user has an issue with Outlook or whatever, and, and they can go resolve those problems. When it comes to the higher level of networking and firewalling and, um, you know, packet capturing and all the advanced uh, things that we do. Um, typically those larger companies like to lean on a third party, uh, to handle that because, uh, one, we're not taking vacation. We're not getting benefits. Right. Um, but also we're available 24, seven, 365. So, um, it, you know, it's a good tool for them. Uh, they know that their network will be up constant, uh, will always be up with no issues. Now, when there are issues, obviously we address them, but we try to build redundant systems so that if there are issues that we have to address, we don't have to take uh, the company offline. And when it comes to companies of that size, that's typically how they're set up. Um, yeah. But th there are a lot of benefits to doing a third-party arrangement with an IT company. Um, and, and, you know, the big ones are that we're always available. Um, you know, the entire company is not going to take the day off or the week off. So you know that uh, you have us to, uh, to take care of that stuff when needed. Yeah. And how, how do you close an enterprise client like that? I mean, when you're working with the government, do you put together like a 50 page proposal or how, how does it, how does it work to close like the government? What does that actually look like? What are they? Sure. Who do you talk to? What does that right. like to get? Who's the person that makes the decision, that kind of stuff? Right. Um, so in the municipal government, uh, which is where we operate quite a bit, um, city council uh, makes that determination. Um, but they make that determination based on um, a referral from a city manager or a city secretary or something like that. Now, what most cities do is they'll issue what's called an RFP, a request for proposal. Um, what that means is they're looking for a provider and they yeah. put this request out there. They accept proposals from all those that uh, wish to provide one. And then they establish a review team that's made up of uh, people from all different departments in the city. Right. And that review team reviews reviews each proposal and determines which one they want to move forward with. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been very lucky in that um, every... I think almost every RFP we've ever participated in, we've won. I attribute that to the fact that all of 
our employees are CEGIS certified. They have their uh, TLIT certification. I know that means nothing to you, but <clears throat> what that essentially means is um, when you're working with government, um, right. you have you have to have background checks and FBI has the FBI has to fingerprint you and get you on record and everything. And then there's some training involved and it all revolves around dealing with CGI, which is criminal or CJI, which is criminal justice information. Um, when you're dealing with criminal justice information, um, you're not allowed to view it, disseminate it uh, or in, in any other way, uh, manipulate it unless you have these licenses and all of our employees do. So um, when we go to uh, pitch to a city and we tell them that, and we've got the history of dealing with other cities and um, carefully handling CJI in the way that it's supposed to be, um, that plays pretty big, uh, especially when the other companies don't have that because it isn't easy to do. So um, that's been pretty helpful for us. That's interesting. Um, yeah, because I would imagine it kind of works similar to Upwork in the sense where people post a job and you have to submit. And I imagine there's probably dozens of companies at minimum who are submitting their information to the government uh, to try to get them to approve. Um, can you talk about like the presentation style that's required for something like this? I mean, I know you mentioned sure. credentials, but is it usually done in a proposal format? Is it usually done as like a slideshow? I mean, how can people make themselves look like they're capable of working with an enterprise client? Right. Yeah. Um, all of our proposals, um, we have a, a form that uh, I built years ago that has evolved. But essentially, um, when we're pitching to a city in response to an RFP, they dictate in that RFP what to include in those proposals. Mm -hmm. So they will say things like we need, um, you know, background checks on the employees. We need um, your I-9, your EIN number. We need, you know, and they'll give you a prescription for how to fill out uh, the proposal. Yeah. Um, but where you um, set yourself apart from the other 20 proposals that are on the table um, is Yes, you include all that information, but you also include things like pictures of your staff. And there are a lot of, you know, other ways to grab their attention. And the TLIT certification is certainly one of those. Um, we have an entire page dedicated to uh, the CGIS, uh topic, and that tends yeah. to uh, to grab some attention. Um, typically, the police chief is pretty heavily involved in decisions like this. And so they're going to be on the city manager about the, the CGIS implications of it. Um, these police departments get audited every two years by TLITS. Um, and mm. TLITS is the governing authority uh, over that information in this state. When an officer runs your license plate or your driver's license, he's running it through the TLITS system. And uh, they will come out and audit these police departments every two years. The audits um, include an examination of their network to ensure that they have a firewall that's approved by the state and all of the equipment that's approved by the state. The computers have to be set up in such a way that they can't be viewed by anyone that doesn't have the licensing that I was telling you about. So there are a lot of requirements. And that's another thing that we list in our proposal is that we've successfully completed over 100 CGIS audits. And so we'll put that in there. And um, mm. that's a big selling point as well, because CGIS audit audits are a pain uh, for these cities. One thing I, I'm noticing as a theme in what you you do at this company is uh, 
you've actually, whether consciously or not, and I'd be curious to see if there was some thought put into this before you did it, uh, clearly it's working now, uh, you've been able to capitalize on what I consider to be like an arbitrage opportunity because um, there really is no, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of supply for this kind of thing. Uh, it seems like there's limited supply for what you do in the sense that not very many companies can deliver at the level you can. And I always try I talk to my anybody on the show or anybody that I work with or anybody that listens. I try to stress the idea that you should really try to find an opportunity that there isn't a lot of other providers for so you can charge a premium, make a lot of money, and then also deliver a lot of value for the client. So it sounds like what you mentioned with CGIS audits and stuff like that, there really aren't that many other uh, substitutes or alternatives for, for them uh, in this space. And that's why you've been able to win so many of these RFPs, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I think it's that there are, aren't very many viable alternatives because um, cities all over the, the state have um, IT help. They have MSPs that manage their networks. But um, the problem is, you know, they think that that's all there is. And these are just IT guys and they don't know anything about CGIS audits. And so, you know, it's it's one of those things. If, if you don't educate uh, the people that you're selling to about what exactly it is that you're offering, then, you know, they won't understand. But uh, once we put that stuff in the proposal and we explain it to yeah. them that, you know, hey, this really is on our end of the deal and, and we've got you covered, it, it is a big selling point for us. You know, one thing that I think would be a good note to end on would be kind of understanding the best and most efficient ways to find these companies because I work with a lot of people who if they're targeting enterprise they might try all these different strategies to get in touch with somebody at the in the government level etc um, but sometimes I, I wonder with those campaigns that they're doing if they're just fishing in the wrong well because uh, it sounds like if the majority of these uh, clients that you're that are in the government that you're getting are coming from RFPs then it seems like it almost would be a waste of time to do anything else because the only way they're going to even decide on uh, somebody to work with is from this formal process of you submitting to their uh, proposal. And it makes me wonder if like the larger company deals of hundred thousand plus a quarter, even to a million dollars a year plus um, are really only found with these formal RFP processes. And uh, if somebody's trying to break into enterprise, they should just stick with the familiar way that they're doing it um, and the way that these companies want to receive them. So do you do you even think it's viable or for any company to ever do anything outside of that if they're trying to aim for $1 million plus contracts uh, to do anything outside of the process that they are looking for? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, not every agency that we visited had an RFP when we visited them. Um, some of them we encouraged to write an RFP and some of them we were able to encourage to write an RFP that required uh, some of the qualifications that we discussed a little bit ago um, because it is important for the city. I mean, once you explain to them what all this stuff actually is, then they kind of understand, all right, so if we're going to do an RFP, we need to make sure of these things, right? Because we don't want to get stuck with a CGIS yeah. audit and we have a bunch of techs in our system that don't have the proper clearance and then, you know, we get our TLIT switch set, shut down, right? So right. um, explaining to them that, you know, these are the important points that you need to make sure uh, that these other companies can meet. They'll put it in the RFP. And then sometimes we're the only company that meets those requirements. Right. Well, um, it's been great having you on the show. Uh, for anybody who's interested in working with your team, 
or is working in government happens to be listening to the show and wants to reach out, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. So our website is netgeniusinc.com. That's inc.com. Uh, N-E-T-G-E-N-I-U-S-I-N-C.com. Our phone number is 888-250-NETG or 888-250-6384. Um, those are the two ways, two best ways to get a hold of us. Uh, if you call that number, um, and I think it's three for sales, uh, it'll go direct to me. Fantastic. Well, for everybody who's listening, Ben Singleton's been able to become an authority in this space for things like CJS audits and other sorts of compliance IT services for municipalities and the government. He works with large uh, municipalities, government officials to help build these infrastructure pieces, technical infrastructure pieces into their uh, government systems. And he's been doing this now for a while. He's a renowned author for his book In Context, which helps deal with uh, an analysis of uh, the police system. And for anyone who's interested in learning about both or potentially working with Ben and his company, feel free to reach out and find a time on their calendar. Maybe there's a way you guys can work together. So Ben, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks, Lucas. Thank you.